Hello everybody and welcome back to UK Motor Talk and this is the penultimate Grand Prix review of the season. It's, uh, it's flown by a record, I don't know, 375 races we've had so far this year and uh, following on from the Mexican, no sorry, Mexico City Grand Prix, we now have the 2022 Brazilian, no sorry, it's the Sao Paulo Grand Prix isn't it? Uh, I do get confused with uh, with all these name changes. My name's Jim, and I'm going to be taking you through all the action on uh, on what was well, it was an action-packed weekend. I think it was probably to sum it up. Well, it was the best weekend of of racing and and drama and good news stories and controversy and and intrigue and drama. I think that uh, that we've had all year. So it was uh, it was cracking. Let's get stuck into it. There wasn't too much in the run-up in terms of driver news or uh, announcements or uh, or anything like that, really, which made uh, made a change. Five-place grid drop for Carlos Sainz was in the offing, and that was about it, I think. Uh, so straight into Q1, as is often the case in Brazil, uh, we had a bit of a, a bit of a rain-interrupted weekend or a rain-affected weekend. Rain before Q1, and uh, with more forecast to be on the way, everybody seemed to be in a hurry to get out on track on intermediate tyres. Uh, the time started to drop fairly, fairly quickly, and, uh, and Gasly was the first man to try slicks. His first lap wasn't too great, but his, his second lap was superb, and that put him up into P1, and uh, and that just opened the floodgates for, uh, for everybody else to come in for slicks. Ferrari sort of dilly-dallying, not really sure what to do, and, you know, sat in the pitch for a long time, tyres on, tyres off, etc. Sort of a, yeah, lack of coordination there, really. Uh, and then Leclerc... Uh, got held up by Sonoda on uh, on his flying lap, so it was um, yeah good good end to Q one. It was just the top top of the timing stream was just like a fruit machine. Everybody who crossed the line went quicker, went quicker, and whoever was top of the time sheet one minute was uh, fairly down the bottom of it the next. Um, but I think we ended up with uh, with Lando Norris quickest, with uh, Mick Schumacher last, unfortunately. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, Bottas, Guanajuato, and Nicholas Latifi all dropping out as well. Q2 tyre-wise seemed to just carry on where Q1 left off, so everybody headed out on to, onto the track on slicks with uh, with DRS up and running straight away. Uh, but a few reports of rain, a few people just saying a bit of rain on their visors and uh, looked like a bit more was coming in with about seven minutes to go. Um, but it seemed to dry out fairly quickly or didn't settle at all. A few drivers seemed to improve, um, but then it got damper again. So we had uh, we had Stroll, Ricardo, Vettel, Gasly and Albon all drop out in Q2. Uh, and heading into Q3, it suddenly got very, very dark and looked very dark on the horizon. Uh, I always think that's quite a good time for the cars to be out on track, especially if it is a little bit damp, just a bit of spray in the uh, the rain lights or the uh, the recharge lights or whatever at the back of the cars flashing away. They look quite menacing in those conditions, I think. I love a queue at the end of the pit lane. Magnussen, who was at the front of it, everybody else on the slicks looking to get a lapping quickly, apart from Charles Leclerc, who was on Inters. So... Um, just yet, yet another blunder from uh, from Ferrari. I mean, uh, I don't know what were they doing, splitting the strategies between uh, Sainz and Leclerc. I suppose they were really Leclerc being on Inters and Carlos Sainz being on slicks. But uh, I don't know. But be on the right tyres if it's uh, if it's dry, put dry tyres on. If it's wet, put wet tyres on. And uh, yeah, just it 
obviously didn't uh, didn't work for Charles Leclerc. He did an outlap, and uh, I think he did most of the flying, uh, and then came back in to put slick tyres on. But that lap that lap time would have been deleted anyway. So um, yeah, just uh, not good strategy from Ferrari. If uh, if they, I think they said they were using these last couple of races as a dry run or a test run for next year. I mean, it doesn't bode well to be honest if this is the way we're going but anyway regardless as uh, as we'd said magnuson was out at the front of the queue so he'd set the lap first uh, set his lap time first everybody followed him out and, and slotted in behind him but it uh, it was starting to rain i think he got the best of the conditions and uh, and just managed to to put that lap in and then we had russell uh, off through the gravel bouncing through the gravel like anything uh, looked like he'd made it all the way through and then just a tiny tiny touch of throttle and round he went like a top and and just beached himself in the gravel so we had the uh, we had the red flags brought out for that and uh, yeah Kevin Magnuson on provisional pole at this stage, uh, telling everybody to stay calm. But I think there was a bit of a rain dance going on in the Haas garage, and uh, and that duly seemed to work. And by the time the, uh, the session got going again, it was very, very dark indeed, and really quite damp. Perez just out on his own on intermediate tyres for an outlap, and then, then came straight back in again. Scenes, scenes, and absolute scenes in the Haas garage. It was uh, it was wonderful to see. It's, uh, it's always odd when you see a driver getting pole position from inside the garage you know it's, it's an odd one not to see them cross a line and then celebrate in the car and back in again but actually it's quite nice in a way because he got to to you know dance on top of his car and instantly jump out and hug all the mechanics and and Gunter Steining came off the pit wall and it, it was just fantastic and I think everybody just seemed in a good mood for him and a good mood for the Haas team in general so it was just it was just one of those moments where you sat there watching it just really enjoying the scenes unfold and, and seeing the emotion and, and what it meant to uh, to all the team and all the mechanics and, and the boys and girls in the Haas garage, what Kevin had managed to achieve. I mean, yes, okay, he was out first and uh, he had the, the best of the conditions as uh, the rain started fairly soon and got worse, so whoever was out first, you know, normally in these wet, dry qualifying sessions, it's whoever crosses the line last is in the best position, as it was in Q1. But this time round was whoever gets a lap in first has the best of it. But at the end of the day, Kevin had to uh, had to put that lap together. He was he was the first one out, so there was no reference point. You know, the track constantly changing, so it's not like anybody in the team could say to him, oh, steady here, go quicker here, grip looks good there, looks bad there. He, he just had to head out all on his own, everybody else behind him, and, and get on with it. And a hell of a lap and he delivered. So uh, really, uh, really well-deserved and well-done, K-Mag. On to the sprint race then. And uh, again, all sort of quite good timings for the weekend, really. It was qualifying late on a Friday night. So I'm normally, if there's a, uh, a sprint race out there watching qualifying at work or lasting, uh, lasting on a work day, which is a bit odd. Yeah, qualifying late on the Friday night, which worked out well. Spent all day decorating and doing other bits and pieces on Saturday. Got lots of odd jobs done and then settled down with dinner to watch the sprint race and then carried on with odd jobs as it happened. But you're not really interested in that, are you? So on uh, on with the sprint race, pretty much everybody uh, started on softs. I think we only had Latifi and Verstappen who didn't go with the softs. They went with the mediums. 20-odd lap race. So I think all of the, the long run pace had said it would be tight. The, the big drop-off at the end, but... 
reasonable chance you'd go okay on the soft. So I think the only uh, the only danger there was any rain or anything like that, greening up the track a little bit. But it's um, yeah, it's, it's an odd weekend always because you have free practice one, then qualifying, then free practice two, uh, then the sprint, then the race. So it's uh, it's a bit topsy turvy. But uh, I don't know. Again, as with uh, Leclerc on intermediate tyres, well, if if everybody else around you is on dry tyres and you're on inters, then I don't know. Maybe maybe you're the one in the wrong. Um, but it was a uh, good start off the line for Kevin Magnussen, just nice and calm and composed leading into turn one. It's um, yeah, his first uh, first front row start, I think. So it's got to be a, a bit of pressure on you at that stage. But he seemed to uh, seem to cope with it well. Although I think he probably knew he was going to end up spending most of the race going backwards. So it was a I don't know from that point of view it was a less pressure, I suppose. But uh, but anyway, he uh, he led away and led away well. Uh, good starts as well for Lando Norris and George Russell. Norris, yeah, he made a good getaway, but was slow out of the S's. So it was under uh, a bit of pressure from. Carlos signs on the rundown to turn four, ding dong battle between Ocon and Alonso through uh, through turn four. Some mega car control from Alonso. I mean that was for. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again, he gives hope for anybody who's in their 40s and uh, still has designs on keeping up with things and uh, and having good reactions. Just just fantastic car control there to uh, catch the car. Did make a bit of contact with uh, Ocon in, in terms of catching it, it has to be said, but I think if that had been pretty much anybody else in the car, that would have been a crash and, and both of them out, to be fair. So he did well to uh, to be able to carry on. We had Sainz getting past uh, Norris into the S's on lap two, and then Verstappen past Magnussen on lap three. So he managed to uh, to lead a couple of laps, which was good for K-Mag. It was good to see him keep the lead across the line a couple of times. But it was one hell of a slipstream from the Red Bull to get past him. Did uh, did make it look a bit easy, I think. Alonso coming into the pits for a new front wing, which I'd initially thought was as a result of something going on on the first lap on turn four, and they'd just taken a, a lap or two too long to call him in. But it was on the pit straight... Uh, just after the pit exit, Ocon stayed left and Alonso, well, just jinked out a bit too late, really, and just clipped the back of Ocon. I don't think there was too much movement or weaving going on from Ocon, so I'd, I'd probably have to put that one a little bit more on Alonso's side of things, uh, unfortunately. It was, um, yeah, just uh, just slightly misjudged that, I think, or maybe misjudged the, uh, the pace of the slipstream. We had Russell getting past uh, Kevin Magnussen, into turn one a lap later and then Sainz got through shortly after and then Hamilton also through not long after that so uh, Magnussen had a uh, had a lead for a couple of laps and then slowly but surely dropping back through the field didn't look like he was fighting them too hard to be honest I think it was uh, probably wise at that stage not to fight too hard but we had Russell closing on Verstappen out front we hadn't seen too much from Verstappen but Russell had just slowly but surely been chipping away at his lead there so he was uh, he was yeah closing in slowly but surely and then uh, I mean well yet again from uh, from Lance Stroll on Vettel just just pushing him off on the back straight I mean it's just so dangerous you, you can't do that I don't I find it really really hard to believe that Pierre Gasly's uh, nearly at the stage of getting banned for a race because of points and totting up through through lots of silly stuff. Yet Lance Stroll's still allowed to roam around doing stuff like this. He's a, there's going to be an airplane accident. Well, the, there nearly was an airplane accident with Alonso and Stroll not that long ago, and it was it was just that was on the borderline of uh, flipping Alonso's car over. 
And this uh, this one as well could have been the mother and father of all accidents. You just can't do that. Somebody really does need to have a word with him. I think if that was any other driver in any other team with any other team boss or team owner, there'd have been different repercussions by now. It's um it's it's not on it it he needs sorting. He really really does. But uh, I did uh, I did like Vettel's radio, which was just okay. And uh, yeah, he, did, he handled it a lot calmer on the radio than I think other people would have done. Definitely calmer than I would have been as well. Uh, but he did get through on the pit straight uh, later on in that lap. And we had, uh, just as uh, as that had, the, the action from that and the heart rate from that had calmed down, we had Russell and Verstappen going wheel to wheel uh, through the S's and, and carrying on the fight all the way down to turn four. And again on the next lap, we had uh, we had them scrapping with each other. Bit of a pause in, uh, in proceedings and racing whilst we had the yellow flag for Elba pulling over to the side of the road but it was uh, around about lap 15 I think it was into term for a great move from Russell to get him past Verstappen and, and into the lead and uh, just as that was going on we, uh, we duly got a 10 second penalty for Stroll I mean I, I don't know I kind of think a, a black flag for dangerous driving at that stage would have been more appropriate We'd had a few bits uh, going on about uh, investigation for a start line infringement or possible start line infringement for Hamilton, Ricardo, and Guan Yu Zhou. Transpired after the, uh, well, you said it, they'd, uh, they'd investigate it after the race. Transpired, it wasn't anything to do with what you normally think in terms of grid positioning, where you've positioned yourself too far forwards, too far back, etc. Not, not in a line, but uh, supposedly they'd uh, they'd been reported as had a couple of wheels outside. Uh, to the left or the right of the boxes uh, but it then later transpired that they hadn't actually repainted the boxes to accommodate the wider cars so they um they just painted over the white lines with uh, with a bit of black paint and uh, and let them get on with it so um yeah no penalties after the race but a bit of an odd one not updating the um boxes for the width of the cars but uh yeah anyway back on to uh back into the race we had Lance Stroll weaving around again like a lunatic in front of Mick Schumacher which um yeah, well, I said my bit on that, so I wouldn't repeat myself. But we had signs closing in on Verstappen as well. Got past him in turn one with a bit of contact and um, Verstappen losing the end plate on his wing. Not long after that, Hamilton all over Verstappen as well, getting past again into turn one. It was, um, yeah, just, just Verstappen going backwards at this stage. But great racing is, you know, Brazil's always a track that produces good racing, but it does allow overtaking and S's, so it allows fight backs and switch backs and whatever else. You know, even if you get nailed up the inside into turn one, you're then up the inside into turn two, and then the outside to turn three, etc. So it's a classic track, one that definitely needs preserving and staying on the calendar, just, just producing an absolutely cracking race. But yeah, just Verstappen, no pace at all on the medium tyres, and just going backwards, dropping uh, dropping all the way to fourth. Carlos Sainz, to be fair, I mean, the, talking of uh, you know medium tyres and not having the pace, you could argue you go on the mediums for a bit of longevity, and, but Sainz was reporting the soft tyres had, had gone on him. So yeah, you can see the, uh, the argument for mediums, but it just seemed like the, the underlying pace wasn't there. The longevity might have been, but the absolute pace not there. Lewis closing up very close to Sainz uh, towards the end of the race, but couldn't quite get past him, just ran out of laps in the end. Uh, although I think probably he wouldn't have tried too hard, really, knowing Sainz was going to get a five-place grid drop. It, it didn't really matter. He was going to start in front of him regardless. 
George Russell hanging on to claim his first victory in Formula One, albeit a sprint race, but it's uh, a win is still a win. And, and just, yeah, he, he drove a great race, just cool, calm, composed, struck when uh, when he could. Had some great wheel-to-wheel racing as well, which is always a bit risky with Max Verstappen if you're in a Mercedes, although I think the uh, the risk going wheel-to-wheel with Max is, uh, is probably increased if you're Lewis in a Mercedes, maybe less so if you're in the other Mercedes. But, yeah, just a, a great Great win for George. You know, no bias at all, him being a friend of the podcast and having had a chance to sit down and have a chat with him in the past, just to clang that name out there. But he's a, he's a lovely chap and um, should have got that first victory his first time out with the Mercedes team uh, last time round. But obviously the cruel twist of fate rather transpired against him there. But it was, uh, it was great to see him cross the line and tribute to the team and, and the hard work from everyone with the development they've put in to, uh, to get Mercedes back into that position. You know, it was a genuine win on genuine pace and driver performance and team performance. So it was, uh, it was a cracking midpoint of the weekend. So another feel-good story on a Saturday. So into the race itself, from the uh, the results of the sprint race, of course, dictating the uh, the grid for Sunday's Grand Prix, Magnussen with the pole position for the weekend, even though Russell started the Grand Prix from pole position. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think they've got it right this year in that whoever's quickest in qualifying has pole position. The sprint race merely deciding the, the starting order for the Grand Prix, I say merely, uh, but uh, yeah, starting the uh, the order for the Grand Prix proper on Sunday. So as they all finished in the sprint race, Russell, Sainz taking that five place grid drop. So he lined up seventh. We had Hamilton in second, then Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Sainz, then Norris, Magnussen, who had dropped to eighth, Vettel ninth and Gasly in tenth. Alonso had uh, had to drop way way back as he got a uh, he got a five second penalty for his part in the collision with Ocon well in fact it was entirely his part really um so he'd uh, he dropped all the way back to 15th for the uh, for the start of the race Sonoda, I think, dropping all completely to the back and having a pit lane start after changing quite a few parts. I think he ended up changing his floor front and rear wing, so he'd, uh, he'd broken the park firmate regulation, so he was forced to start from the pit lane. Good old mix of tyres up at the start, mainly soft tyres, a few mediums, and uh, an Alex Alban on the hards. So, yeah, great start for Russell up front, looking uh, cool, calm, and composed at the beginning there. Um, he's obviously fairly, uh, well, he's new to the Mercedes team in terms of racing for them this year. Probably not quite the um, the number of front row starts he would have liked this year, but it's uh, it looked like he'd been doing it for a while anyway. He led away at the start and, uh, and all seemed calm and composed. But further back, we had uh, a few uh, a few bits of action. Um, Ricardo tipping Magnussen into a spin, and Magnussen just as he he came off the brakes and rolled backwards, um, made contact again with Ricardo, so they were both out. Unfortunately, yeah, I think got to uh, got to pop that one at Ricardo's door on there. Just the the slightest of touches, chuck Magnussen into a spin and um yeah i think well if magnuson had have stayed hard on the brakes he'd have probably not made contact with ricardo but he'd have then been at far bigger risk of being t-boned by uh somebody a bit unsighted further back in the pack coming through so i think magnuson was right to uh, to try and roll backwards off the track ricardo zigged when he should have zagged so uh, got taken out by the uh, the driver he tipped into a spin so i suppose that's um I don't know, a bit of justice if uh, if anyone's going to go out as well. It probably wants to be the guy that's put you out. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, both of them out, which was a, a disappointing end to the weekend for Magnussen from the highs of Friday and a good result on the Saturday into the Sunday. But I still think he enjoyed the weekend. I don't think he'd be too upset with it, to be honest. So we had the, uh, the safety car out whilst they were mopping uh, all that up. 
and uh, putting the tie barriers back together etc and then uh, shortly after the uh, well straight away after the safety car restart we had uh, another one of the flashpoints and talking points of the race weekend was the, uh, the contact between Verstappen and Hamilton in the S's Verstappen ran the outside into turn one briefly got just in front you know half a front wing maybe the the wing and a bit of a tire in front of Lewis into turn one going around the outside of course that then meant Verstappen's on the inside for turn two and Lewis on the outside and it would have given Lewis the inside run for turn three but it was uh you know in in the end Verstappen got a five second penalty for this you know but they they made contact pretty much on the apex of uh turn two so the right hander in the s's I'm, I'll be totally honest. I don't. I don't really agree with um, with putting this one at Verstappen's door. I think it's at its most magnanimous. You you give it fifty fifty. But if anything, I think I'd I'd have to put it a bit more onto Lewis's side. I think I don't really understand why um, the penalty was on Verstappen's side. You know the the rules about the overtaking car having to do certain things, or once you've got a you know a position a significant part of the car alongside you have to give racing room etc and and Lewis just didn't give him racing room he he squeezed Verstappen right over him Verstappen had I think you know three and a half wheels completely off the track and, and just barely the outside of his left front still on the track or on the white line when uh, when they made contact so I yeah I think I do think Lewis could have given him more room there but that seems to be the way these two end up racing each other, I think, you know, after the race for Stappen and said, well, I knew he wasn't going to give me room, but I was going to go through and give it a go anyway. And we crashed, we crashed and that's it. I don't really care, to be honest. It was, uh, I don't know if Verstappen was just in an odd mood because he knew he didn't have the pace for the race. So it was kind of a, well, if I crash, then I crash. It doesn't really matter. It was, um, yeah, an odd, uh, an odd attitude, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's a shame that these two. Yeah, yeah. I wish. I wish they'd they'd race a little bit better together. You know, the the respect and the space between Verstappen and Leclerc that we had earlier on in the season. If you know, Lewis and and Max do need to to be a bit more like that. I think. But there's um, yeah, a bit of um, bit of attitude or belligerence on one side. I think which uh, which leads to these collisions. But uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, Verstappen got a five-second penalty, so the stewards with, um, you would think, more information than I have judged Verstappen to be wholly or predominantly at fault, so he duly got a penalty for that. Later on in that lap as well, we had a good chunk of contact between Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc, and again, you know, whatever Alonso's Alpine was made of, that it could take off, land and carry on, I think they built the the nose cone out the Ferrari out the same stuff because that the way that tanked into the barrier the next thing I thought was well we'll see him getting out of the car and maybe another safety car or a VSC to uh, to dig the car out and put everything back together again but you know sort of the next shot he was just driving around and, and carried on again so the um yeah he did well to uh, to get out of there but I think he just hit it completely nose on so the uh, the wing and the nose did exactly what it should do in uh, in a frontal impact just absorbed everything and kept the suspension and the wheels out of the barriers or stopped them hitting it hard to uh, to bend them anyway. So uh, yeah, Leclerc in had a pit stop, new front wing, and quick once over, and off he went again. Uh, Verstappen in as well for a uh, for a new front wing. So we got uh, got the five second penalty for Verstappen as we said, five second penalty for Lando Norris as well for that collision. If we were bereft of engine penalties at the start of the weekend, we we're certainly making up for it with five second penalties in uh, in the sprint race or the race itself. <laughs> 
in and amongst all this, Hamilton had dropped all the way back to eighth, but was uh, was working his way back uh, back past uh, Mick Schumacher, Gasly, and Vettel. But every time he, he got past one of them, the the crowd went absolutely nuts. We'd seen Lewis get uh, honorary Brazilian citizenship earlier in the week, and the uh, the crowd just absolutely behind him as if uh, as if he was a born and bred Brazilian. And the uh, you know the Brazilian fans uh, are always passionate and enthusiastic and and really do get stuck in and get involved obviously you know no brazilian driver on the grid to cheer on haven't uh, haven't had one for a while now which is a shame but it's uh, it's odd you know who'd have thought from the uh, the last corner of the last lap at brazil 2008 and uh, and the mood around hamilton they'd uh, they'd be cheering him on now but uh, good for him i think we've seen over the uh, the brazilian grand prix weekend over the last couple of years interviews with lewis and Felipe and Timo and and everything seems to have been buried and nicely out in the open. So um, yeah, the Brazilian fans, good to see how they've uh, they've taken Lewis to their heart and and cheer him on. Back up front, Lewis was carrying on, got past Lando Norris back into the top four. Vettel mimicking that same move uh, a couple of laps later. He just sort of followed Lewis, saw how it was done, and followed him through. Not that Vettel needs uh, too many tips as a uh, a man of his experience, but it was a nice carbon copy of the move. But Lando, I think, just just doing well to carry on. Really, he'd had uh, some, I think, some pretty bad food poisoning, and uh, was looking rather under the weather and looking rather ill all the way through. I must admit, so he'd, uh, he was certainly doing well just to uh, to be able to drive around, let alone race reasonably competitively. Sainz was the first of the front runners to stop. He'd uh, he popped out 11th. Thought it was very early for him to stop, but his brakes looked pretty much on fire in the pits and carried on smoking for about half a lap. Turns out it was a tear-off in uh, in one of the brake ducts, so that had uh, caused the brakes to overheat, hence the reason for the early stop. He'd started on the mediums, but if your brake temperatures are shooting up because so you've got a tear-off stuck in there, then you need to stop early, so that kind of, uh, kind of screwed up his early strategy. Hadn't seen too much of Russell out front at this stage, but he was just uh, all looking cool, calm and collected. He'd had, uh, he'd built himself up a two-second gap, nice and quietly, slowly but surely, reporting that tyres were all good. So um, I think generally a sign of a good race and an action-packed race further down, where it just pans back to the leader every now and again to remind you that he's still there, and then back to the action. Perez in on lap 24 for mediums came out just behind Valtteri Bottas, so didn't work quite well enough for him. Verstappen followed him in uh, a lap later uh russell coming in at uh, the same time for mediums just managed to out drag vettel so uh timing on the mercedes pit stop was absolutely spot on straight out of the uh the pits russell was around about a second quicker than hamilton so anybody that had stopped early it seemed like the undercut was working fairly well for them looked like actually any pretty much everyone had gone on to the mediums now so they just seemed to be working a little bit better I think now the track was rubbered in and I think it was a Sunday overall was a bit warmer than it had been for the uh, the rest of the weekend, but the track was starting to cool as the sun was disappearing. It would be interesting to see if uh, if the the drop off in pace as the track cooled a little bit more. But we had Hamilton in on uh, on lap twenty nine, reporting it was getting very dark on the horizon, and there was a bit of radio chatter about uh, it's getting dark, it's getting dark. But I must admit, from a you know a personal point of view, this is one of the races where I'm sat there just thinking, no, I kind of like it to be all boring up front, really, no dramas, no safety cars, no nothing. I'm I'm quite happy with the uh who's leading at the moment um but it's uh yeah but a few clouds on the horizon 
Um, but Lewis straight away fastest lap by around about a second and set off in hot pursuit of Perez, uh, look, looking like it was going to be a two-stop race. And uh, is it just, yeah, go flat out and don't worry about conserving the tyres, go as quick as you can. But uh, Mercedes obviously aiming for the one-two. Uh, Russell just pulling away slowly but surely from Perez. I think he got up to about eight seconds by lap 43. And by this time, Hamilton and caught up to Perez was all over the back of him. Didn't take him too long to get past at all. Uh, slipped through and DRS into turn one, so straight in and straight through. Perez, just after that, came in for his second stop and came out just behind Sainz. It didn't quite work out too well for Red Bull again there. Reacting to the Red Bull stop, we had Hamilton in first out of the, the two Mercedes. He protested a bit that his tyres were still good, but popped out behind Carlos Sainz, but crucially ahead of Perez. I think Mercedes had responded to Lewis by saying, no, it's, it's to cover Perez, so you have to uh, had to stop now. But Russell followed him in uh, a lap later, all smooth, nice stop, and, and just popped out again in the lead, so all happy up front. Got up to about lap 52 before Norris's car conked down. It's, uh, yeah, I felt very sorry for him at that stage, feeling rough all weekend, and made it 52 laps into the race, and the car conks out and lets you down. It was... Um, a bit gutting to see, and he did. Uh, he did look a bit knackered. Just uh, sat there behind him. Well, I thought you should have got a deck chair out, really, and just uh, mimicked Alonso from a few years ago. He did look like he needed a, a good sit down in a comfy chair. Again, as I'd said, I just you know didn't want safety cars, didn't want anything too much going on. Just a, a nice steady race out front. So we had the VSE, which uh, which is okay. We thought that that'd be fine. Keep all the gaps uh, steady as they are. Just neutralise the race. Um, science nipping in for a, a cheap pit stop but then we had the uh, the full-blown safety car and the, the only thing that panicked me even more at this stage was the uh, the safety car coming out the pit lane with the windscreen wipers on wasn't quite sure if if that was just him cleaning the screens it had a bit of rain on it earlier i doesn't strike me as a very safety car thing to do to be sat there with a dirty windscreen in the pit lane so um yeah whether he'd knocked the stalk or whatever just uh, him coming out with the wipers on looked like it was going to add a bit more spice to the uh the events but uh he, he turned them off fairly quickly and uh, we didn't get any rain so um yeah maybe just one of those things all behind the safety car following um i, I believe there was something to do with the safety car and lap cars and lapping themselves last year i can't remember off the top of my head uh but since then We've had uh, a few clarifications and changes of rules, and um, I wasn't quite sure what Sonoda was was up to at first. He he just was driving around like a lunatic, it appeared, sort of locking up into turn one, and not quite sure if he was trying to unlap himself or he'd, he'd forgotten or what. It, it all seemed a bit odd, but transpired afterwards. There's a um, the the most convoluted and complicated way of defining a lapped car in the rules. I mean, I, I think it's fairly obvious if a car's lapped, if uh, if the lead car drives all the way around and overtakes you then you've been lapped that's it if the leader has come past you then you have been lapped um thought that's a, a fairly clear definition i don't see why it needs needs much uh much confusion over it we'd had lap cars may now overtake and it was uh, i think they'd let albon and latifi through but just kind of ignored the fact that sonoda had been lapped as well so i think he'd started to unlap himself and then the team very frantically said, no, you haven't been lapped, so don't overtake. And it's like, well, I've either been lapped or I'm in the lead, one of the two. So he backed off and, um, yeah, it was all uh, all a bit odd there. But uh, Alpha Tari and Sonoda rightly, uh, rightly a bit upset with that. And, uh, and with the FIA and the stewards, I think uh, that uh, that needs looking at and simplifying again. Or, again, it's one of those things just, you know, forget the computers, the rules, this, that, the other. Just look at what's going on. 
it's it's not too tricky to work out. Clean, steady restart. Anyway, Russell did a, a good job of backing the pack up and not going too early. Quite easy to get a, a good slipstream on the uh, the pit straight at Brazil. So did well to leave it right to the last second before he nailed the throttle. Led away cleanly. Uh, I thought we had Leclerc getting past Bottas at the restart. And a bit of a, well, first uh, first controversial radio message of the weekend was uh, the conversation between Ocon and the pit wall over uh, letting Alonso pass quickly. We do not want to fight him, and then Ocon saying, no, let me race, and then, no, don't fight Fernando. And, you know, Alpine, quite clear, they didn't want to repeat of, uh, of Saturday's shenanigans of them getting together and bumping into each other. And it was, uh, yeah, he it, it did comply in the end and, and let Alonso pass him fairly quickly. Uh, Lonzo was then able to march on up the road, but it was a uh, yeah, bit of a bit of an angry message back from Ocon. Sainz and Perez going wheel to wheel, uh, and then just I uh, the, the you know flicking through uh, through my notes here, it's just overtake after overtake. We had uh, as I said, Sainz and Perez wheel to wheel, Alonso and Bottas, Sainz uh, getting past Perez, really close racing between those two, Verstappen overtaking Ocon and Bottas in the same corner, Leclerc getting past Perez, Alonso on a charge all the way through, getting past Perez. I mean, it was just it was just a hell of a motor race at this stage it was it was just epic to watch i you know i i, I, I lost track in the end of the number of overtakes i think brazil has, has had um the highest number of overtakes in a race quite a few years running or every time it's on it always scores well in that respect it, it was just yeah just cracking racing everybody just wheel to wheel and elbows and getting on with it it's 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 what Formula One's all about at its best, and, and this really was Formula One at its best. This, I think, is one of those races where if you're trying to encourage somebody into Formula One, get them to watch this race, because or get them to watch this weekend, really, because it had a bit of everything. It was uh, it was just cracking. As had been for the sprint race and the Grand Prix, Russell had built up a, a nice little lead, 1.3 seconds, had led away from Lewis very well, just built that gap, broke the DRS very quickly. We then had Verstappen uh, passing Perez. I think Perez's tyres just, just weren't the right tyres to be on, 19 lap old mediums versus everybody else's uh, similar age or slightly newer soft tyres, just no no pace in them at all out front three laps to go it's 1.1 seconds one lap to go it's 1.6 seconds it's uh it's just up and down up and down it was the middle sector that russell seemed to have there just seemed to have the edge on lewis to allow him to pull enough of a gap out to uh to be okay all the way down the uh, the pit straight in sector three Leclerc on the radio pleading for a, a swap of positions and uh, I thought well Brundle had called it in the Sky commentary and uh, I think he was quite right to say no you don't swap and rob somebody of a podium for something like that he'd driven really well since uh, all weekend and um, yeah the last couple of races actually he's uh, he seemed in a fairly good place so uh, no but Ferrari decided against that they said it was too close to uh, to Alonso anyway that had probably risked dropping maybe two places and, and Alonso getting in front so overall as a, as a team effort wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been quite the right thing to do you know losing ground to Mercedes this weekend anyway didn't want to uh, to risk losing any more ground up front we had uh, we had George Russell looking cool calm and collected from uh, from everything that had gone on threats of rain and 
virtual safety cars, safety cars, and, and duly crossed the line to take his first Grand Prix win. Uh, not his first Formula One win, of course. That had happened on, on Saturday, but his first Grand Prix win. And uh, and it was just cracking, cracking to watch. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I've been lucky enough to, to meet him and have a chat with him before, and he's he's just a thoroughly nice chap, but really well-deserved. And, and the emotion, again, as we'd seen the scenes in the Haas garage on, uh, on Friday, the uh, the emotion and and the tears of joy in in George's face it it was just lovely to watch I really was really was very very happy with that but uh, on to the uh, the other controversial bit of radio for the weekend Perez letting Verstappen through to see if he could uh, go and chase and take some points off uh, off other people um see if he could get after Alonso and uh, and Charles Leclerc but Perez had been told on the radio let Max through if he can't make up any more positions he'll let you back through uh, Max had duly been told on the radio quite a few times to let Perez back through all quiet all quiet Max let him through no response and then Max duly crossed the line in uh, in sixth position. Perez again had been told Max will let you through on uh, on the exit of the last corner, but he just crossed the line. Oh, what happened? Oh, he was told. Thanks for that, guys. Shows uh, nothing. Uh, Perez had said, "Well, it shows uh, shows who he really is." But Max, Max, I thought with uh, with an awful radio message back to the team. I told you before, don't ask this of me. I thought I made myself clear. You know, it just petulant, whiny just not the way to do it really i mean i think as as it transpired through conversations and interviews and discussions afterwards this this all stems back to monaco and max's view i think that perez had crashed deliberately or spun it on the exit leading into the tunnel to stop max from improving and, and going quicker and i think it all leads to that and there was Jos verstappen's rc messages um posted on max's website after the race how the team had let him down then after the race max had said no i gave my reasons and and i'd already discussed them with the team and and that was it don't ask me to help him but i, I just think it's 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 piss poor just absolutely piss poor from Verstappen, uh, his attitude, you know, everything Checo has done for him. You know, I'm sure Checo knew when he signed on he's there to be the number two driver and early on in the season I think he had a, a few designs of maybe being able to go for the championship but um, but not to be. I mean, he's got to be a hell of a driver to put a season together to beat Verstappen because he's, uh, he's certainly quick and, and he's got the pace and and uh, and he's ruthless and and everything else that comes from being a Formula One world champion, but it's um yeah just a, a complete lack of sportsmanship there. I mean I uh, you know I sit there as a, a fan of Formula One watching these races, cheering on drivers that I happen to personally like, or drivers that are British as I'm British, or drivers that are Australian but they've got cracking personalities and happen to be phenomenal racing drivers as well. I'll cheer them on or Finnish drivers who are who are a bit monosyllabic but hilarious and, and entertaining and quick as anything you know I, I like fast drivers I like aggressive drivers and racy drivers but uh, but above all I like sportsmen and uh, yeah there's 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 absolutely no sportsmanship there whatsoever you know it's a Checo is a legend he's the the Mexican Minister of Defense all that seemed to be forgotten and, and let's not forget you know Abu Dhabi last year it was only Perez's defense and, and holding up of Hamilton that allowed Max to be on the strategy that he was on that allowed him to be in the position that he was in at the end if um, if Perez hadn't have held Hamilton up so much that might have been the other way around and 
and the race would have finished it the other way round and Max would only be a one time world champion and, and you know, it's 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 not on and, and ultimately you've wrapped up the championship. You know, I can understand him not wanting to give up a win, you know, if Perez is second, Max is leading and and they say swap it around to help Perez get second in the championship. But it's you know, it was it wasn't, it was a sixth place. I mean, who cares? It's that's that's not that's not even a, a you know, a, a plip, it's not even a, a nanomillimetre of ink in Verstappen's entry in the Formula 1 record books why why do it and and why be so blunt and so publicly so arsy to the team that that have given you a car to to take you to two world championships and 14 wins this year I I I don't get it I really don't get it it's it's not on but it's uh I think it's just a measure that he sees himself above the team and he sees himself as being I don't know, team leaders the the wrong the wrong phrase because he's not leading the team at all. He he sees himself as, you know, head of the pack or, or in charge of the team or he's got them by the short and curlies or whatever it is, he needs to be benched. Um, I think for for a race or two or halfway through next season, just bench him and put somebody else in the car. I've uh, I've been a fan of Max for his speed and his his aggression when it's been a bit more measured. You know, in in the early days, it's a bit over the limit, but um, I think that's probably a sign of youth. But um, this, I, I've I've lost a lot of respect for Max over this weekend, and it's um, yeah, I I don't like him anymore. Um, and it's uh, and it's a shame, and it's taken the shine off the season, and it's yeah, it uh, it shows who he really is. But uh, it was not one that he said after the race. Oh, I've already had a chat with the team, and if Checo needs help in in Abu Dhabi, then I'll I'll help him. And it's like, well, if that if that's your view, why not just do it now? You know, I'd, whatever happened behind closed doors, and whatever the discussions were around Monaco, and did he spin on purpose? And looking back, maybe he did. Not quite sure. It's one of those things, but it's. I don't know. You you should have dealt with it then, and it should have been all done and dusted and and sorted then. I I don't really see the point in dragging it all the way up now, and especially not over sixth place. You know, no, nobody would have cared. Everybody would have understood and applauded to uh, to help. And it's, let's face it, is I think it's less about Perez getting second in the championship and more about Red Bull getting a one-two in the drivers' championship. Because for all their success, that's something they've never had. I've got to be fairly high on their objectives, and and it just caps the season off perfectly, doesn't it? Winning the constructors' championship, winning fourteen. How many races have they won this year? Sixteen, something like Perez has had a couple. Fourteen for Verstappen, well, however many it is. You know, a record number of race wins and and all sorts of records being broken. But the team want first and second in the drivers' championship because that that just rounds off the domination and 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 is a result for all the hard work. And um, yeah, so it's it's the team objective. So he's uh, he's an employee of the team like anybody else. So uh, I think when there's a, a team order given, then there needs to be a hierarchy and that needs to be understood. So um, yeah, there was certainly, uh, I, did, I did venture ever so briefly into uh, the comment section of a few social media posts and, uh, and wished I hadn't. But having said that, I ventured into a few comments again, uh, just, uh, you know, in, in the day or two afterwards and uh, all the anger and vitriol is still there. But what, what kind of gets me is a number of old threads and videos and things that are being dragged up with new posts over this on it. So, um, yeah, my, uh, my advice for, uh, for the year really is stay off the uh, the comment section of social media anyway look at the uh, scroll through the the pretty pictures and the videos and whatever else but yeah don't read the comments it's uh, it's safer that way
that's about all from me for this weekend. A slightly longer one. I've been uh, rabbiting on for what seems like ages, but there was uh, there was a lot in this weekend, so I thought it was uh, worth just uh, just spending a bit more time discussing it. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. And, uh, well, if nothing else, is, yeah, the fallout certainly makes it a talking point for a couple of weeks afterwards as well. So uh, there's uh, not a lot left from me, so I shall uh, I shall bid you a good day. Take care wherever you are in the world. Uh, don't forget to look us up on all the socials. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere. Uh, just taking a, a slight hiatus from the uh, the regular podcast show, as you'll have probably noticed. We're all OK, and we'll, uh, I'm sure normal service will be resumed in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime, you've got me. To, uh, to keep you company or send you off to sleep whatever I'm doing for you but uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll be back again uh, for the final race of the season at Abu Dhabi maybe slightly less controversy than last year maybe slightly more controversy than last year who knows but it'll uh, it'll be fun watching anyway uh, this uh, this season certainly seems to have flown by and it's um yeah I was kind of thinking halfway through it's, like, it's a lot of races you know it's, it's a bit of a slog this season but now we're nearly at the end it's uh, it all seems to be ending a bit quick but there we go it's um yeah never mind we'll uh, we'll soon be back again next year i'm sure so uh, in the meantime i uh, hope you take care of yourself hope you're keeping uh, keeping warm and dry wherever you are and i'll talk to you next time bye for now uk motor talk a first take media production